Welcome back to another episode of Touchline Thoughts, powered by the Garage Door Sports Network. I'm your host, Stefan Manji. Before we get into it, why don't we all get comfortable, and we'll catch you in a little bit. I'd like to re-welcome to the show a friend of the show, and I like to call him a soccer analyst now because he's been a part of the show for the second time <laughs> today, uh, Brayden Culver. It's great to have you back. Happy New Year, and um, how are you? How are your holidays, man? Yeah, man. Thank you for having me back. I'm glad to be back. Uh, Happy New Year to you as well. Um, you. Yeah, everything was everything was good. You know, obviously, we're, we're kind of all stuck indoors or away from, away from everybody else, so it was as good as it can be right now. Oh, well, it's always, I'm always happy to talk to you. So it's soccer. It's, it's the way to be, right? Oh, yeah. Um, update for you on our uh, FIFA Potential 21 soccer tournament. Oh, we yes. might have one soon. So <laughs> listen up. We're going we're gonna to grab you in there and do something there. All right. I'm excited. I'm super excited for that. All right. We'll start our starting 11 now, everyone. And it's brought to us by Shenzi Shack. Don't forget to give the Shack and Chef Sab a follow on Instagram. As they bring you cuisines from around the world, they deliver and are available for pickup in the Vancouver area. So Brandon played, from what we remember last episode, he played for Division One soccer at the University of Buffalo. He played in the League One with the Oakland, Oak, I see Oakland all the time. <laughs> Oakland again. <laughs> I, it, oh man, I owe you money for that. No, Oakville Blue Devils there. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just your your soccer career in, in, in a nutshell. But after the last episode, Brandon and I actually were talking about like the teams he's played, um, his experience playing. And I think you mentioned the team Fresenone Calcio of the Italian league. Well, at the time when you played them, they were uh, in the Serie A, but currently they sit in Serie B, coached by AC Milan great Alessandro Nesta. So, I mean, <laughs> you got an opportunity to play uh, a match, whether it's a friendly or not, you still got an opportunity mm-hmm. to play against uh, a professional side. Um, and I believe you played them in 2018, like yes. the year they're 2018, 2019. That's uh, correct. Yep. Yeah, the second time they're up. So they've in their history, they've only been up twice, right? So mm-hmm. um, it was. It's also great to hear that you've played against a team that on the daily basis had the opportunity to face off against Juve, Milan, Inter, um, and sort of fight against the team. Gain experience, right? And that I think that that was a really cool aspect of that conversation. So I kind of want to give it out Mm -hmm. to our viewers. Um, So I'll let you talk about this. But Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to give us a little brief uh, stint about how it went and uh, what mindset you had to prepare for when you're playing a team of that caliber? Yeah, sure. Um, So how it went, I think I think the result, to be honest, ended. uh, It was three. It was three nil for them. uh, Although we did have probably one or two good really good goal scoring opportunities that we should probably should put away um and they also they also probably hit the crossbar about three times um so i, I don't think the score totally reflects the game but uh I, you know i like to think that it was a closer game um than it was uh but yeah no so to prepare for a game like that is you know kind of um you know i mean growing up playing you kind of get into a routine of of how you do things um before all the games so to be honest, not too much changes. Um, I think the guys were definitely a bit more focused, uh, knowing the opposition. 
Um, but yeah, no, just kind of through the, the basic, the same old routines, you know, you eat kind of the same things, uh, you stretch and warm up and roll out sort of, uh, the same way that you normally would. Um, I know some people are superstitious on how they, you know, tie their shoes, put on their socks, um, and, you know, maybe walking out. So they have a certain spot they want to come out of the, out of the tunnel last or first or something like that. So, um, I mean, I think, I think you just try to keep it as, normal as possible and not to mm -hmm. overhype the game or anything like that um but yeah no it was a it was a pretty much routine as normal for warm-up do you have a superstition or some sort of ritual that you follow because i i mean for me i always had mm -hmm. one but like for you playing at that level did you follow one or were you like now nah, forget it it's gonna hype me over or mess um, me up that's a that's a good question um i think i think just the way i tie my shoes uh i always i always right foot then left foot um Typically when I warm up, I have like, it's kind of weird, but I, my left sock is kind of pulled up a bit higher than my right sock. I don't know why that happens, but it's just sort of, uh, <laughs> just sort of, yeah, kind of, I guess, superstition, you know, I, I did it one game by accident, played well and just kind of ran with it. Um, other than that, no, everything. Yeah. Other than that, it's probably just those two things. Everything else is probably, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing too major. What was your game plan when you played these guys? I mean, uh, they are at a mm -hmm. pretty good level and they finished oh, yeah. 19 that year and the yeah. year before they were there so like finishing 19 with uh let me i'm gonna pull up the record because i was like blown yeah. away they were five wins 10 draws and 23 losses like they weren't mm -hmm. great in the syria but no not at all <laughs> but like from what you were explaining the last time we spoke you said mm -hmm. these guys were able to switch the play they were able to change the formation on the fly like this was just a team that, that was yeah. fantastic right it's absolutely incredible it's probably like I tell people this all the time, it's probably the best team I've ever played against. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it really kind of puts you in perspective into, like, I thought I was a good player. I played at a competitive level until I played these guys. And then I realized that that level they're at is a whole different world. Um, it's just like, and it wasn't even like crazy. Um, you know what I mean? It wasn't like they were Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi, like, you know, doing 20 step overs, beating everybody. It was, mm -hmm. it was like the basics that you needed to have they had it nailed perfectly yeah. could switch the ball both feet no problems yeah uh, every pass was was exactly where it needed to be every run was timed perfectly every ball over the top was weighted perfectly like no striker ever needed to break stride um they were patient they didn't rush anything uh they were calm um yeah like they they played you know what i mean they were kind of they're very fluid in their movements mm -hmm. and you know what I mean? Anytime, um, uh, let's say, you know, the winger might've cut in, someone would be filling the space automatically. Like it was just constant movement. You didn't have, you didn't have a second to, to kind of switch off. Um, yeah. it was, it was, you know, it was, I would think it, it was mentally exhausting just as much as it was physically exhausting running yeah. around trying to chase them. Yeah. Uh, Cause you were always trying to think, who's behind me you had to check your shoulders constantly because they were so much interchanging um so yeah i mean you asked for um you know what our game plan was obviously we knew we were <laughs> we were not playing anybody you know in in this league one caliber level we were playing a team that was much much better um so obviously you know we weren't high pressing or anything like that um we were kind of we were playing very defensive to be fair we sort of mm -hmm. dropped off um tried to condense the space as much as possible um is that different yeah, for you guys though and for your oakville team that year uh were you guys a high pressing team or were you just like a, a team that sees how your opponent is and then counteracts how they play 
Uh, yeah, we were pretty flexible to be honest. Um, yeah, depending on the team, um, for if we were to play a team like Sigma, who we knew liked to play it at the back, um, yeah, we would high press from the start and try to um, try to sort of pin them in their own end and and intercept the ball as close to the goal as possible. Um, but yeah, no, definitely for some teams where their where their strength was, you know, maybe not um, a possession based team like Sigma. Uh, yeah, we would we would sort of just you know, knowing they weren't as strong, we would sort yeah. of just Swarm hang off them. a little bit and let yeah. them come, let them come to us kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So then after playing Fresnone, did you, um, did you feel like your team's season improved going forward because you guys knew what sort of level your game had to get to, uh, mm-hmm. like your game specifically or your team game specifically? Did they, did those improve? Uh, for sure. I would say both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think definitely as a team, we realized uh, it was a huge, like I said, for myself personally and for the team, it was, uh, a huge wake-up call as to what the next level is actually like yeah. um and then i think i think actually we, we put in a good performance and we just sort of rode the momentum in the in the following weeks um you know knowing we can we can kind of hang with these guys um i think it gave everybody confidence to know that like yes you know they're they're at this level but we're we're not that far behind um so i think i think it did even though we lost um i think it gave everybody confidence and for sure um i don't remember the results uh, after the game and in, in the league, but um, um, I think I think we did play very well, and we I think we ended up winning the league that year. Yeah. Um, or it was either winning the league that year or making it. Anyways, we did we did go on a good run after that. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, no, me personally, I think uh, kind of the same thing. Just realized, um, you know, it kind of puts things in perspective of where you are and where where the next level actually is. For sure. Um, and then just sort of yeah, kind of drives you to to reach that so it makes you work work that much harder for sure um so for for people listening how does your how did oakville get the opportunity to even play a, a Serie A team uh, especially one that was promoted like how did how did that opportunity get uh in that's, front of you guys you know what i mean like maybe yeah. that's a question that's that's for your admin and your your coaching staff but i mean like listening to this i mean this is fantastic but how the heck did they come over from italy to I come know. play here you know I'm I'm equally as shocked as you are into how you know we ended up being able to have this experience. Um, honestly, I, I don't know the actual answer. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm not really sure. I, I heard I've heard there was some talk about they were sort of late um, in their preseason okay. in, in terms of scheduling um, maybe like a trip. Like you know how teams kind of go away for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what was happening on their end, but from what I understand, I think they were just late on their admin side and trying to figure out where they could go and play yeah. and somehow ended up in, in Toronto. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure why they didn't even, I think maybe TFC was away that week they were there. So they didn't get a chance to play them and, you know, had to settle for, <laughs> had to settle for us, thankfully. <laughs> That's okay. Well, I'm glad you got the experience, right? That's fantastic. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was incredible speaking of like that level the mm-hmm. different level and the like i guess the difference in, in, in terms of levels between mm-hmm. canadian soccer and i guess italian soccer at this mm-hmm. point um how do we get the canadian level up there because i mean or even the american level like mm-hmm. you look at some some teams at that level they can't play like can they yeah. hang with these guys like how do we get there you know that's a very tough question um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i mean i mean one of the things i did notice in the warm-up was <clears throat> so if you look over to our end of the field you see us um 
obviously doing the basics, you know, like high knees, A skips, B skips, you know, all the track workouts, karaoke and different stretching and stuff like that. And then you look to the other side of the field and they've been touching the ball nonstop for the whole warm up before the, for, before the game even starts. So um, yeah, before kickoff, they've already touched the ball a thousand times and we've done, you know, our kind of, you know, usual running warm up plus a little bit of touches, a little bit of possession and then ready to go. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I think that kind of gives you an insight into how they approach the game versus how we approach the game. Yeah. Um, the one thing I noticed down, especially when I was in the U S is that uh, the U S are very good at breeding elite athletes. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily they're elite soccer players. I mean, they definitely do have tons of elite soccer players that have come out of the, out of the country and, and same in Canada too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think overall, maybe our approach to the game has to change. Okay. Um, and how would you yeah. suggest that if you were, let's say Canada soccer, uh, looking <clears throat> over, doing an overview or something of Canadian soccer? Um, that's a good question. I would, I would probably pull from my, so I was actually, I actually got to go to Croatia for two weeks and train with a, a second division team over there. Mm-hmm. And, um, the coach was a, uh, I think he was UEFA, UEFA pro licensed coach. And I actually got to chat with him and, and, um, talk to him a little bit about his training philosophy. And the first day I was there, we did small set of games. We would do, uh, basically you'd start with soccer tennis. Uh, you do a warm up, you do Rondo, and then you do small sided games. And in the small sided games, it, it, they would put, they would adjust the restrictions based on what they were trying to work on. And they would do anything from like 5v5 all the way to 9v9, 10v10. Mm-hmm. So it, like me coming from Canada, um, the first the first day I was like, okay, we're probably playing. Second day, I was like, okay, we're playing again. And then third day, I'm like, do these guys ever do any drills? <laughs> and then, you know what I mean? I was yeah. like, when are we ever going to work on anything? And and when I was talking to the coach about this, um, I realized that my approach was like, not wrong, but it was totally different from how the Croatians approach it. Yeah. And he, he was like, um, first of all, these guys are coming every single day. They're coming from school. The last thing they want to do is these, you know, uh, going through the motions on these drills. And, and obviously they're very important to get, you know, the basic fundamental skills. Um, but, but I mean, these guys were excited to get to training because they knew they were going to play. Yeah. And, and their approach was sort of to um, make the game, put everything into a game situation first at all times, and then make tweaks around that, that they wanted to work on things. So if, if they wanted to work on movement off the ball, um, they would restrict, restrict touches to like one or two touch to make you go faster. And if he's like, if they wanted to work on dribbling, they would make you take four or five touches. You know what I mean? So you had to take four touches and then pass. Um, And he would tweak it different things like that. Uh, And I remember one day we did a, we did a nice five V five in the morning. And the only rule of the, we played for maybe an hour and a half, two hours. And the only rule the whole time was um, he, he put these cones on and made vertical lines on the field. And the only rule was you couldn't receive a pass uh, for example, if you were in one line and I was in the other, or sorry, if I was in the same line, you couldn't make that vertical pass. You had to be in the next line over in order to create angles. Right. And that was the whole premise of the game. Nice. But like, you don't really think about that. You just sort of get lost in the game and subconsciously you're, you're learning all these things. Right. Um, and I, I'm guessing like they learn their fundamentals <laughs> at a younger age, whereas they don't need to do those little drills anymore because mm-hmm. they've been focusing more on the game plan. To be honest, yeah. if you're not in a game <clears> setting, you don't know how you're going to receive a pass. You don't know how you're going to mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. make a pass or take a shot or um, mm-hmm. you're not going to see how your striker is going to run off of you, for example. And yeah. Think, yeah. I, and, and I, I, sorry. I didn't. No, I, said, I was just going to say, like, I really enjoy that aspect of it. And mm-hmm. I think maybe maybe a more European approach should be brought into Canada, especially if we want mm-hmm. to see the development of more than one Alfonso Davies or mm-hmm. more than one Christine Sinclair coming out of the, in the build. Right. Yeah, it, it seems like we're very structured in Canada. You know, we mm-hmm. always have to, we have X, we have all these drills lined up, uh, which is not a bad thing at all. Um, yeah. I but think we're built very... around hockey more than anything, and that's it, how the hockey structure is. Exactly, exactly. And over there, they just seem more more fluid. Everything is like a is, is a game situation. So, um, uh, yeah, by the time they reach a certain level, they've already had um, all this experience in game situations. They're used to, you know what I mean, turning and shooting with with having a guy on them or having to, um you know fake and go the other way um but everything's live you know what i mean it's not it's not very um yeah like structured um it's not very planned out you don't know what the what the defender is going to do yeah so your aim is is to try and do this but um it's just like a game setting because you don't know how the defender is going to react and then you have to react based on what he does true um so yeah i think i think um i think yeah if we can adapt a little bit of that uh, but at the same that that being said, at the same time, I know they play all the time, not just in Europe, but all over the world, right? Like yeah. they they go home after school and they play and they train and and the the cultures uh, you know plays a factor into that yeah, as well. It's eat, sleep, soccer. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, absolutely. Yeah, and I don't think we're there yet. I think there's in in especially in North America, it's more hockey, football, mm-hmm. basketball, um, baseball, mm-hmm. even than mm-hmm. than we'll see soccer. But I, I think it'll start changing, especially when we see Canadian stars go mm-hmm. off right like you go off to the to a european team like mm-hmm. jonathan david alfonso davies and do mm-hmm. well um you can talk about kitisha buchanan as well and yeah. uh, all those fantastic canadians haitama so mm-hmm. um i think we're getting there but we're a couple years shy of that i think i think we're trending in the right direction yeah yeah but there's definitely some some bigger strides that need to be made but we're we're definitely aiming in the right direction i think um which is good since you were in the Canadian, I guess the programs we can call them, um, mm-hmm. how does one player get to be professional? Like, how do we get to the next step? How do you get into the MLS and then make your move over to Europe? Like, would you, would mm-hmm. you be able to explain that to us if possible? Yeah, that's a, that's a big question. Um, it's <laughs> I mean, tough. I'm coming big here, man. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, I think it is tough because, you know, Canada is one of the only countries, you know, obviously they've, they've started the CPL and it's very new. Um, but they're, they're one of the only countries that doesn't have a professional league and a professional, like a pathway into professional league mm-hmm. with the exception of uh, the handful of MLS teams that are here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's very tough. It's very tough. Um, you know, at this, at this moment in time, it's um, I know the, the NCAA route is a pretty solid route because I know the, the MLS draft, they, they take from a lot of those division one, division two, um, Judico, all those kind of schools over there. So, you know, that could be one option. Yeah. Um, probably the, the easier option. Um, I would say maybe going overseas would be the tougher one because obviously you're, you know, you're, you're sacrificing a lot in terms of being away from your family and friends yeah. and, you know, in a country where you, you may not speak the language and, um, you know, it's not, it's not for everyone. You definitely have to be, uh, um, very driven. Um, you know, you have to be able to accept those, those sacrifices. Um, but uh, I think they're, I think the CPL will help um, if, if they can, you know, keep it, keep it afloat. Obviously it's with COVID and everything being one or two years into the league is, is tough. Um, yeah. 
so yeah no i, I hope i hope that um they use this and they even if they use it as a platform to get players more exposure to then you know you know if they if they become prevalent enough that mls teams will take a look and maybe mm-hmm. pick up guys or um, give players an opportunity to get maybe some more exposure here for sure um if you mm-hmm. can give one advice to a young athlete uh, what would you tell them? What like uh, maybe a quote mm-hmm. or a piece of advice that's you know training wise or health wise? Like what would you give somebody as advice? Uh, yeah, I got some some definitely. You definitely have to sacrifice. Um, one hundred percent. You're gonna have to sacrifice. You know, maybe you can't go to that that party with your friends and can't go out drinking with your buddies because you got to you have a game the next day. Um, uh, definitely hard work. You know, you're never gonna get anywhere without working hard. Um, yeah, you know, those sacrifice and hard work are kind of the two, the two biggest things are going to help propel you. Um, and then, you know, maybe not to lose sight of the, uh, of the end goal. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's good to have sort of a goal in mind, um, of, you know, kind of an idea of where you want to go. Um, but then you also have to have kind of that, you know, plan of like, what am I going to do every single day in order to get that? And then I think if you focus um if you if you put all of your energy into focusing on what you're doing every single day i think i think you know you'll look up and you'll realize that you're at that goal or you know exceeded that goal for sure um so yeah that would be my my word of advice awesome well <laughs> thank you for sharing your story about playing president none and also like the, just the development of how to get to the next step and uh, having this open conversation with you. Mm-hmm. I, I hope it helps our listeners, especially if they have young children or young athletes in their family that are aspiring to be uh, mm-hmm. professional soccer players. Good luck to them. And uh, again, thank you for, for taking the time to speak on it. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm no expert and there's tons of guys who who've played at much higher levels than I, but, uh, um, but yeah, I think that's at least, at least the starting blocks for sure. For sure. Um, and then just to build on top of those. Awesome. Well, that wraps up our starting segment today brought to us by Shenzi Shack. Don't forget to give Shenzi Shack and Chef Sab a follow on Instagram as they bring you cuisines from around the world. They deliver and now are available in the Vancouver area. Uh, we're going to take a quick little break. We'll be back in a few. Good day, everybody. This is Ryan from 20 Minutes on Ice. Join me and my co-host, Nick McVicker, for opinions and analysis on the week that was in the hockey world. New episode available every Friday, wherever you download your favorite podcasts from. 20 Minutes on Ice, part of the Garage Door Sports Network. All right, we're back for another segment, and this time it's the extra segment. I just wanted to touch base with you on this. Have you gotten a chance to see the EPL season this year? uh in terms of like watching just like watching the games and everything yeah just any oh yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah absolutely uh-huh. so what, what do you course. make of the season so far i mean this is the first time i'm gonna say united first because we're just gonna mm-hmm. get out of the way but this yeah. is the first time since 2013 that manchester united have been in first in january since sir alex ferguson mm-hmm. um what do you make of this is this gonna stick or is this just a little dream that is waiting to get crushed <laughs> for united fans uh i mean to be honest with you i think i think Solskjaer might even said this as well. You know, nobody really remembers who was in first in, in January. Yeah. Uh, as much as the the analysts like to to go through that, um, I mean, uh, from the from the fan side of me, I really hope this sticks and and they just roll with it and and obviously, you know, keep keep in first until until the end. Um, 
but you know, I'm I'm not entirely convinced at this moment. They their their performances have been you know exceptionally incredible at times, and mm -hmm. then you know the following week have just dipped down to to average, and then you know kind of gone back up. So I don't know to be honest with you. I'm a little skeptical with the consistency right now. Mm -hmm. um, I need. I mean, at the end of the day, you do have to still get results, and even if you don't play well, good teams still find a way to win. Um, yeah. which which they're doing. Uh, yeah. which is you know a positive sign but uh i don't know to be honest i'm not entirely convinced um yeah, yeah. and you know if we do end up on top at the end of the season i don't think it's going to be smooth sailing i think it's going to be a a bumpy bumpy roller coaster until yeah. then yeah. well i mean you look at the teams coming up behind them uh mm -hmm. city's getting hot at the right time leicester's mm -hmm. inconsistent everton is for some reason finding their gear yeah. <laughs> body right spurs yeah. are still hanging around you have yep. southampton villa chelsea haven't really hit it in their gear yet arsenal's off the top 10 right mm -hmm. liverpool's leicester yeah liverpool's um injury ridden here um mm -hmm. a healthier liverpool side i don't think this is a question that they'll go to no. the top yeah right mm -hmm. so I think if you're Manchester United, you got to stop looking at the the standings. I think at this point, I think if you're yeah. OGS, you got to say to your boys, screw the standings. Just keep going mm -hmm. out there and getting a win. You scrape up to one nothing win against the Burnley side, take mm -hmm. it because yeah. that's what's going to get you through. Whether or not you're going to dissect the fact that Harry Maguire, like Nick said last time out, mm -hmm. can't mark for the life of him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just he follows his wing back or his left back or his right back, and then you go. Eric Bailly is the best defender on this team, and that's why he was brought in. I just wish he was healthier. I know, I know. Watching Maguire defend sometimes is—I want to pluck my eyeballs out. He, he seems <laughs> like he's, you know, got bricks on his feet, and he just defends with his arms and just tried to grab anything that's close to him. Like, don't get uh, me wrong. He can move the ball. He's a very good mm -hmm. ball-moving defender. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just when when the attack is on his side, I go, oh. I know. You just get ner You get a little bit nervous when they're, you know, someone's running at Maguire. Well, like, go, they, uh -oh. had, they had Wood up against him the other night. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, this is a mismatch. Mm -hmm. Sorry, but, like, Wood's going to outplay him. And he did. And I'm, I'm just, mm -hmm. like, we, De Gea was fantastic. Yeah, De Gea played ball. De Gea played ball. Yeah, no, that was the, that was the result. I was, uh, I watched that game, too. And it. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't overly convincing, um, but I mean, like you said, good teams have to find a way to win, and yeah. and they managed to to get the one no one. And I think that's that's the motto this year. Don't look yeah. at the <laughs> don't look at it and scrap. That's I mean, Liverpool's been doing that. City's been doing that. Um, mm -hmm. Chelsea was doing that last year with an okay team. So, mm -hmm. hey, you got to win. You got to keep doing that. Yeah, you got to win whatever it takes. Yeah, what's your biggest surprise this season so far? Um. In terms of the EPL or in terms of uh, United? The EPL. The EPL. The EPL. Yeah. Um, I would say the, the, how competitive it is in the top seven, maybe top eight teams. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very surprised that, at, you know, uh, not so much at Leicester anymore because they've sort of, for the last, you know, ever since they've won the league, they've, they've always been kind of hanging around the top five now. Um, so they're, they're almost getting at that point where you're kind of expecting them to be around there. Yeah. Uh, but Southampton and Villa have really, you know, blown me away this year. Um, you know, I think Grealish is, is, you know, he's been outstanding this year and he's just been carrying, carrying a Villa through the whole thing. And, no. um, you know, I think, I think Barkley was a good, I think he's injured right now, but, yeah. uh, I think he was a good signing. I think it takes the weight off of, uh, off of Grealish a little bit. Um, and I think Chelsea are going to miss Barkley immensely. Yeah. Oh my God. That, <laughs> yeah, that confused Chelsea. me. Yeah, Chelsea's, yeah, I don't know. They're I'm not entirely convinced. You know, they have like, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about their signings. All great players, but I don't know if they were the right signings for the club. I don't think it meshed. I mean, well, I think no. the place they needed to upgrade offensively, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but that midfield is getting slower. Yeah. Um, Mateo Kovacic wasn't playing mm-hmm. proper defense the other night. Angola uh, mm-hmm. Conte is getting outplayed. Um, yeah, he's having an off year, uh, Conte, yeah. this year. I mean, Mason Mount is running up, but he's more of an attacking midfielder. And you're like, yeah. well, there's no one going in to cover. Thiago Silva isn't 28 anymore. Exactly. You know what so, I mean? And, and, and yeah, and you're basically relying on the experience of Silva to kind of carry Zuma with him because, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? I think Zuma's a good athlete, but I don't know if he's the, you know, if he's the, the go-to center back for Chelsea. No. Or if they even, who is, you know what I mean? Obviously Silva kind of right now because of, um obviously his experience and he's a world-class player um but like you said he's not he's not 20 years old anymore nope <laughs> nope this is a nope. tough league and here i was saying that lampard's going to be the coach or the manager of the year and i'm like oh man i'm gonna eat oh. my words <laughs> oh i said that i yeah. said uh here i'll pull it up um give me a sec for it but i think i, I said statement. it was i made a few bold statements for this year i'm gonna pull up what <laughs> i said about chelsea i think i said chelsea would be better than liverpool this year or city or something like that hold on let me pull it up wow I, I made a, a bold prediction, which everyone can catch on our episode one and two, but I said mm-hmm. that it's going to go City, Chelsea, Liverpool, and then I said Arsenal because I'm an idiot. But Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I put Chelsea up there because I thought the reinforcements would be a, a step up for them, and I thought Liverpool mm-hmm. would regress just because I thought everyone started to get hurt, and it's happening, but they haven't mm-hmm. necessarily regressed. Yeah, I think I think the Chelsea, the you know, I think, I think Warner's... I listened to some of the analysis they were doing as well. It does seem like he's playing out of position. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've seen he playing on the left side. It looks like he picks the ball up and he's not really confident going one-on-one versus people. Um, the league is more physical. I don't think he's ready for that. I don't think. Yeah. Same with um, uh, Havertz. and Havertz too. Yeah. I think, I think Ziyech is learning that this is a tough league to play in and it's going to take time to adjust as well as Havertz. Um, it's definitely not the Bundesliga and, or, um, uh, you know the Dutch, the Dutch uh, first. Eredivisie. You know, yeah. Yes, yes. Are you? I gotta ask this. I've I've asked Nick this. I'll ask you the same thing. Are mm-hmm. you surprised with Sheffield United being dead last with just picking up their first win a couple of days ago? Yes. Or am I the only one that's absolutely <laughs> mind blown? And I'm mm-hmm. like, I can't believe that they're that bad. I know they've they've hugely, tremendously. Yeah, I can't even speak. <laughs> tremendously dropped off from where they were last year. Um, yeah, I'm I'm very surprised at where they are. You know what I mean? I, I think they were I thought they would have been competitive, you know, a mid-table team. Um, you know, can scrape out a few points against the top teams and and against the bottom teams and you know, um they haven't yeah, been poor. I like I last. mean that 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 record is is not anywhere near how they've played in let's say 10 of those matches. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I thought they were a little hard done with some var calls and yeah um scraps and I mean I think collectively maybe overall mm-hmm. wise i think sheffield united is a better cohesive unit than yeah. west brom or fulham or even brighton at the moment i think i'm just disappointed to see this team because they're so fun to watch last year with Chris wilder um, like changing awesome. changing the formation on the fly they went back five back two back mm-hmm. one at one they had a sweeper like they just yeah. <laughs> they made it fun and it was it's always nice to see one surprise club in the top seven for a little bit. I yeah. mean, Wolves was that a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I would say Southampton and Villa are doing it this year for us. Absolutely. Sheffield was last year, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm disappointed if they go down because I don't want them to go down. I really like their team. 
Yeah, no, I, I do as well. And, and you, it was one of those teams where you always knew it was, was going to be a tough game. Yeah. Um, it was not going to be an easy game. It was going to be a fight and they were going to, they were going to go all the way to the last minute. Um, but I heard, I heard the, um, the general manager said that uh, Chris Wilder would be the coach next year as well, no matter what. Yeah, so I, I don't. I really think, like that. I like that statement from him. I agree. I don't think Chris Wilder's the problem. I think, unfortunately, they're just they're just losing close games, and teams are yeah. finding that last minute ditch effort to score, and it's hurting them. Or like they're getting a call go against them, and that's the unfortunate part. No, I like this team. I I hope they're back, and I hope they get out of it because they they shouldn't be mm-hmm. down there. Yeah, no. If they do, I mean. If they do go down, I do hope they come back up. For sure. Yeah, it's they're, they're a fun team to watch. For sure. So for anyone listening, Sheffield's only win is coming against Newcastle. Uh, West Brom's only win this season is coming against Sheffield, which was a closer game <laughs> than anything. Uh, and Fulham has been West Brom at Leicester. Leicester was the surprise, but I think they were mm-hmm. struggling with injuries during that time. So uh, mm-hmm. essentially what I see here is you got to beat the bottom teams to really stay up. Um, mm. I, I just hope yeah. this, this changes for them. I really enjoy watching them play. Yeah, no, I, I do as well. I do as well. Um, what do you think of Leeds' season so far? They're the new boys. They've come up after <laughs> almost 17 years or something like that. Um, Marcelo Bielsa's got them playing this adventurous, moving forward, let's not play defense sort of mm-hmm. game, which, I mean, it was that United game was fantastic. but It was unbelievable. It was fun. <laughs> like, I'm surprised it wasn't like 6-6 or 8-8 at the mm-hmm. end of full time or whatever mm-hmm. it was. But um, what do you make of their season so far? Uh, I think they've, I think they're, well, first of all, yeah, I love, I love to see Leeds back in the, in the Premier League. Um, and like you said, super exciting team to watch all out attack. Um, they're unbelievably fit. You know what I mean? They're, I remember watching the United game, um, even, you know, in the 90th minute, even though they were losing, I think like five, two or six, two, they were still, their game had not changed the no. same way they were attacking in the first minute was the same way they were attacking in the 90th minute. Um, and, you know, as a fan, that's what you love to see, you know, a game. You're kind of on the edge of your seat watching, like, oh, is he going to score? He hit the crossbar. Oh, what's happening? Scramble. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? You're constantly, like, something. Edge of your here. seat. Edge of your seat the yeah. whole match. And I think that's what you want, especially when you're in a pandemic and you can't actually be at the stadium. I know. I know. Uh, no, I, I've I've really enjoyed watching Leeds. I think they're a great addition to the Premier League. Um, I think if they're going to push on and be one of those top teams, Mm-hmm. In the Premier League, I, I think they need they do need to sort out their um their their defense as a unit a little bit. Yeah. Um but I think if they can if they can sort that out, I think they'll be a top, a top very hard team to beat. For sure. And I hope they stay up because I, I, I really hope they stay it, up. It, it helps the EPL when a big club's up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, and Leeds is a big club too. Like don't get it twisted. They're a they're they're a very big club. Yeah, if they can stay up a little longer, you'll see some world class players coming in through the mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. all right final epo question for you um this is week 38 39 no 38 sorry there's no 39, 38 <laughs> um there's a champion that gets crowned who's our champion this year uh champion of the premier league um that's a very tough question <clears throat> i would uh, as a fan, as a United fan, yeah. <laughs> I want to say United. I think they could pull it off this year, um, but I think it might be. I think Liverpool might edge us just a bit this year. I don't think we. I don't think we have it this year. Um, I, I. I think it'll go to Liverpool. 
All right. Is my, my final answer, but this is, I uh, hope as United fan, I'm really hoping we can, we can just edge <laughs> them a little bit. <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, they get, mm-hmm. if they can stay healthy, pick up a center back, I, I think arguably they're the deepest squad right now. Yeah. Um, like the yeah. fact that, yeah. I know I've said this before, you're playing James Milner as a center back. I know. Like, <laughs> and you're winning games. I, like no knock to, to Millsy there. I think he's a fantastic mm-hmm. all around player. Mm-hmm. I, the fact that you can Absolutely. play him there and afford him and still win, it, it says something about how good that club is. Oh, yeah. And, and something, hats off to Miller, too, because you know, he's one of those guys that you you love to have in your in your roster as a coach because you can put him anywhere, yeah. and he'll he'll do a job. And he's effective. I mean? yeah. He's effective anywhere. You can, you can play him left back, center back, right back, midfield, winger, Attacking, striker, yeah. and, and he'll, he'll do exactly what you need him to do. Um, yeah. He's kind of one of those, like, super reliable players that – you know, if worse comes to worse, if someone gets injured, boom, you can slot him in and he'll do a job. Hell, they could play a false nine if they wanted and he'd be perfect. <laughs> no problem. No problem. He'll, he'll do the job. Whatever Klopp wants him to do, he's doing it. All right. Well, <laughs> that's amazing. So we'll see who wins at the end of the year. I've picked City. I've also picked a rival. Okay. You've picked Liverpool. We'll see what mm-hmm. happens and we'll get you on uh, at the end of the season, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that wraps yeah. up our extra time segment for this episode. Uh, we're going to take one more break and we'll come back with final thoughts. Sheer Creams is an all-natural and organic skincare brand. We ethically source our sheer butter through our partners from West Africa. Our creams are then handmade with love in the UK, making sure our products are at the highest quality, maintaining their natural origins. Our purpose at Sheer Cream is to deliver you the highest quality skincare line that fits your personal needs. You can purchase our products via our website www.sheercreams.com or via our Etsy shop Sheer Creams or our Amazon. Thank you for listening and we hope you love our brand. All right, we're back. Um, great conversation today, Brayden. Uh, we heard about your soccer a little bit more and obviously... Um, We'll have you back on to talk a little bit more of that in the future. So keep your schedule open, hopefully, fingers crossed. I know you're a busy dude. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, thanks for sharing your champion with us. We'll see what happens at the end of the year. So, Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be back on the show. It's always it's always fun to talk soccer with uh, someone who's equally as, as into soccer as I am. For sure. Um, <laughs> any final thoughts before we, we sign off here? Um, just, just hoping that uh, United can... Uh, can get their consistency going and uh <laughs> i'm really you know it's been a long time since we won the league and i'm really really hoping that this year you know uh could could be the year um it'll be tough like i like i said it might be a roller coaster but fingers crossed fingers crossed sweet well i'll end it off with the nwsl uh draft was uh on wednesday so go ahead check it out who's there um, I'm going to have uh, a guest on in a couple of weeks where we'll talk about the draft. We're also going to talk about the new teams that are into the NWSL and also the fact that Alex Morgan is returning back to the U S <laughs> to play because she's freaking amazing. Um, and then hopefully we'll touch base on, uh, FAWSL soon. So, uh, We'll see you guys very, very soon. Uh, But before I sign off, I want to say, please be sure to subscribe and give us a like or a rating. You can follow me at Irfan Manchi. You can follow our account at TouchlineTH. You can follow Brayden on Instagram at Brayden Culver. Um, If he doesn't know you, I'm not sure he'll accept it, but you can always (laughs) send him a message and tell him you're interested in what he had to say. And I'm sure he'll pass pass by uh, some advice because he's really good at... um, 
keeping it cool, keeping it calm. So I really appreciate having him around. Uh, don't forget to follow our network at Garage Door Sport or check out the website at garagedoorsports.com. And then don't forget to follow our segment sponsor, Shenzi Shack on Instagram, as well as Shia Creams, who is our one of our break um, ads there. So thank you very much for joining me today, Braden. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule, and I hope that it stays calm and it's not as busy as it was today for you. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> but thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next match day. Cheers. Thank you.